They've been married for 30 years. He's a pioneer of Catholic lay evangelization, and she has a master's degree in theology. Put on the coffee and get ready to open the scriptures. It's time for Bible with the Barbers. Now, here's Terry and Mary Danielle. Thank you very much. Thank you, Thank you very much. I think our sister, yep, there we go. You're here with Mary Barber and Terry Barber, and we thank you for joining us at this Bible with the Barbers. And before we do our readings for the uh, day, the daily Mass, Mary Danielle, are you with us? Because I've got you, Fia. I'm with you, I think. Can you hear me? For 30-some years, you've been with me, my bride. Thank you. I can hear you (laughs) fine and loud. And I wanted to uh, share a little bit about what happened last night at the Barbers with us. My wife and I had a very powerful experience regarding the Eucharist. And uh, I'll just set the stage, and then, Mary, you, you take it from there. But as I mentioned on the Terry and Jesse show, Last night, Bishop David O'Connell, who's our auxiliary bishop of Los Angeles for the San Gabriel region, agreed to come up to the San Jose Hills, uh, which is a very high point. You could see all of Los Angeles, Orange County, San Bernardino. We're up on top of this little mountain. We call it the San Jose Hills for St. Joseph. And we prayed our rosary up there. Yes. And then after that, he had the Blessed Sacrament and this huge monster. It must have been four feet tall if maybe five, but it was huge. And uh, he blessed everybody, all the four corners of Southern California, about 15 million people live there. And it was such a powerful experience for me in regarding the Blessed Sacrament and the real presence of Christ. And I mean, I thought about the people who haven't been able to receive Holy Communion, that the bishop went out of his way to climb a mountain and to bless people with the Blessed Sacrament. That's was very touching for me, Mary. How did it? How was? You, how did it, this experience affect you? Well, it was it was so beautiful. First of all, just to be there, to know that our bishop cares this much mm-hmm. for his people, that he would be there among his people. And I'm not saying there were thousands of people up there on the hill. No, there were about ten of us. Yeah. You know, <laughs> social, and we, you know, we were keeping we were keeping our physical distance. But um, you can see, and and you look out over this valley, and it's like, Lord. You want all these people to know you. You Amen. want everybody here to come to know that you are really present in the Eucharist. Do we believe, do we understand who the Eucharist is? You know, we refer to the Eucharist as it, and it's like, no, it's not an it. It's who. It's Jesus Christ himself, really present, body, blood, soul, and divinity, under the appearance of bread and wine. It's the God-man in his risen, ascended, glorified state. As he's present in heaven, he's present in the Eucharist. And here our bishop says, yes, we need to do this. We need to bless. And I know many, there are priests who've gone out in the streets with the Eucharist and blessed their city or their Mm -hmm. town. Priests who've gone up in airplanes. Yes. You know, whatever, in in the back of a truck. To to understand, you know, I remember Father Ken Roberts years ago on Mother Angelica, and he was talking about the Feast of Corpus Christi. And he said, growing up in England, the Feast of Corpus Christi was the proud-to-be-Catholic day, (laughs) because every parish, they would take Jesus out into the streets in a procession. Mm -hmm. And when our Lord passed, people knelt. Wow. And that's, you know, we kneel in the presence of our Lord, and we ask for his blessing. How can we solve any of the problems of this world without our Lord? Amen. Because, because what is the root of all the problems in this world? Sin. We're, yeah, sin, exactly. Where do all our problems come from? Our problems come from sin. Right. Now, granted, without sin, we're still human. We would still make mistakes. We would still not you know, get everything right. But it, we have sin. And because of sin, 
we all, sin offends God. It's a real offense against God who is real. And Jesus came to free us, not necessarily from suffering. As a matter of fact, he didn't come to remove human suffering. He came to fill it with his presence. And he suffered so that our suffering has meaning, redemptive meaning, when united to Christ. And so Jesus in the Eucharist, it was so beautiful to be there and mm-hmm. think that here our Lord is going to bless all of these people out here, and not just, not just the people in San Gabriel Valley, but the bishop you know, turned in, in the different directions to bless the different counties that we could see actually from that hill because we're up pretty high. And it was so beautiful. It was overcast. Mm -hmm. Um, It was chilly. The wind was blowing. And as the bishop got ready to um, bless us Mm -hmm. with Jesus and bless everybody with Jesus, the sun broke through the clouds. Awesome. Just for the benediction. (laughs) (laughs) Just for the benediction, you know. So we had prayed the rosary, and then the bishop did the benediction. He did the benediction in, in... and several directions. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but th- for that time, the sun broke through the clouds. And, it, and, and as the bishop said, yes, yeah, our, Lord, our Lord is assuring us, I haven't abandoned you. I'm with you. Mm-hmm. I'm here. I'm here in the midst of this crisis. And I want to help you. And yes, I want to heal you. The Lord wants to heal us, but he wants to heal our souls. Amen. Sin. Are we using this time to repent of our sins? It was so beautiful, and there were, you know, the, the the few people who were there were all moved and just, oh yeah, you know, it says, wow, what a, what a gift that our bishop would come, mm-hmm. that a bishop would come and he would say, yes, I want to bless everybody, and I and I want Jesus to bless everybody, and and he prayed a beautiful prayer, you know, Lord Jesus, come, come and save us, and and he actually sang it at the beginning, and and. Uh, you know, it was just beautiful. It was so beautiful. I know it was recorded, and hopefully, it's going to be yeah. on a you know podcast or something of some sort that yes. people can see and and participate, even if they weren't there to be able to there in person. Still, and just remember that that you know Jesus, He blesses us, and that blessing, it's an eternal action. Mm-hmm. So it continues. Yes, it was moving. It was it was well, just so. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Mary. And I just want to encourage our listeners to go and ask their bishop to do likewise. By tomorrow, we'll have this on our website where people can actually witness what Mary just described because we had three drones up on top in the mount, up on the hill, uh, you know, in the sky filming all of this. And uh, wait till you see the pictures of the bishop. I mean, uh, blessing everybody with the Blessed Sacrament. I was so moved that I thought, wow. Uh, this is something I will never forget in my life. And I just want to thank Bishop David O'Connell publicly again for his willingness to come outdoors and bless the entire Southern California. The, the amount of people was about 15 million people live in those four corners where he blessed the people with the Blessed Sacrament. It was in a magnanimous time. I'll never forget it the rest of my life. And I will just encourage you to when you watch it, send it to your bishop, send it to your priest. Say, can we do something like this? Because this is what we need to be doing. We need to bring Jesus out to heal people, to show our belief in the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist. Think about this, Mary. A lot of people, unfortunately, through that Pew research back in June, don't believe in the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist. I'm hoping something like this can to show the people that they actually believe this is Jesus. I've had many Catholics tell me, Mary, 
I didn't read John 6 and then understand it very clearly. John 6 says in the Bible, unless you eat of my body and drink of my blood, you have no life in you, for my flesh is real food, my blood is real drink. It's really Jesus there. And so we need to have a renewal of the Blessed Sacrament. As Bishop Fulton Sheen said back in 1976, he talked about the de-Eucharization that was going on in the church, moving Jesus to the side. He said, it's time to bring Jesus back to the center of the church. It's time to have a belief in the real presence. And Bishop David O'Connell demonstrated that last night by bringing Jesus on top of a, a mountain we call the San Jose Hills in Covina, California, to bless 15 million people. If this isn't news, then turn the dial, man. This is uh, <laughs> Mary, this is awesome that we were able to experience our faith in such a concrete way. It is awesome. And you know the reality. A lot of people go to Lourdes for healing, right? Yes. And they yeah. go to the baths, and, right, and people are healed. They're yeah. healed. And, yeah. and then people bring Lourdes water home. Mm-hmm. But do you realize, at Lourdes, every day they have a Eucharistic procession right. and a blessing of the sick. Yep. Jesus blesses the sick. Jesus in the Eucharist blesses the sick through the hands of the priest. And there are more healings take place. Yep with that Eucharistic That's blessing right. and right. take place at the baths. So it's, it, it, Jesus is the healer. And yes, our blessed mother is the intercessor. She's the one, you know, without, what is it? No Jesus, no Mary. Yeah, N-O-W. Right. Uh-huh. If you know Jesus, you'll know Mary. Yep. But also without Mary, if there's no Mary, there is no Jesus because Mary was the one. She was the one woman that God chose. Jesus came into the world through Mary. That wasn't me who did that. That was God. Well, you know, I, I remember once Cherry Maddox had a, a debate with a Protestant minister, mm-hmm. and the Protestant minister was, you know, it, they were talking about our Blessed Mother and what is her place, and and the Protestant minister was like, well, the Blessed Mother was just a dirty rag that God used and threw aside, and I wasn't at the debate, I was listening, mm-hmm. and I caught my breath. I was, I think Catholic Answer sponsored and was on the radio or something, and, and I just caught my breath, and I'm like, you didn't just denigrate the Blessed Mother. You just blasphemed God, mm-hmm. in my mind. And, yeah. and I'll tell you why. He was saying that God just uses us like dirty rags and throws us aside. Mm-hmm. That's all we mean to God? Is that we're just dirty rags that he throws aside? Wait a minute. God so loved the world that he sent his only son. Jesus died on the cross. He shed his blood. God doesn't use us. No, we use each other. Sin leads us to use people. God is not a sinner, and he never sinned, and there is no evil in God. He doesn't use anything. He restores and redeems what was used and destroyed by sin. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, my gosh. You You know, sometimes in our in our effort to not give the saints too much glory, we actually insult God. (laughs) <laughs> yep. And that was, you know, maybe that wasn't a blasphemous statement by that Protestant minister, but it was at least an insult to God. That's right. That this is all we are to God, because what he was saying essentially is all we are to God is an object that he uses and throws aside. Well said. Mary, when we come... There are religions that believe that, but I know not that. us, nope. not Christians. Amen to that. When we come back from the break, the music's on, I'm going to ask you, I'll read the Gospel of John, chapter 3, for their Mass readings. And this is really a very clear teaching that the Catholic Church, I think through the Council of Trent, made it clear what the Church teaches on this. This is a powerful reading from John chapter 3. You're listening to the Bible with the Barbers, hopefully helping you get closer to Jesus 
and his bride, the church, will be back with much more of the Bible with the Barbie. Attention VMPR listeners, we've talked at length about the attack on our youth through popular culture media, but what if I told you there was someone trying to make a difference? The newest novel, Britfield and the Lost Crown, by C.R. Stewart, is reaching schools across America and sharing Christian morals alongside great storytelling. What if I told you that this mission needs your help? To reach more children, Britfield and the Lost Crown need funding for their ongoing book tour. If you're interested in making a difference, if you're interested in buying the book or are curious and want more information, go to BritfieldInstitute.org. That's B-R-I-T-F-I-E-L-D Institute.org. Or email media at Britfield.com. Help open up the world of Britfield and the Lost Crown to people everywhere. This is Terry Barber. I want to thank you for supporting Virgin Most Powerful Radio. And here's an easy way to support us by going to smile.amazon.com and type in Catholic Resource Center or Virgin Most Powerful Radio. And when you log in your Amazon account and you purchase products, a portion of it will go right back in supporting Virgin Most Powerful Radio. And it doesn't cost you a dime. I want to thank you ahead of time because that supports us year-round. May God bless you and your family. Buying or selling your home or your business property? This is Terry Barber. Real Estate for Life underwrites The Terry and Jesse Show. And they can connect you to one of 900 pro-life real estate agents around the world. And when they receive their referral fee, they will give 80% of it to a pro-life organization. Wow! That's 80%. Realestateforlife.org, 877-LIFE-US-1. Now, back to Bible with the Barbers. If you have a question or comment, call 888-526-2151. Here's Terry and Mary Danielle. Thank you, Beth. Matthew? We're here at the Bible with the Barbers. I promised we'd have a reading from the Daily Mass Gospel of John, chapter 3, verse 7 to 15. So I'll read this gospel, and then I'll have my wife comment on it. If you're brand new, we want to welcome you to the Bible with the Barbers. So the reading from John is, Jesus said to Nicodemus, You must be born from above. The wind blows where it wills, and you can hear the sound it makes. But you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus answered and said to him, How? Can this happen? Jesus answered and said to him, You are the teacher of Israel, and you do not understand this? Amen, amen. Remember, let's listen up. Amen, amen, I say to you. We speak of what we know, and we testify to what we have seen, 
But you people do not accept our testimony. If I tell you about earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has gone up to heaven except the one who has come down from heaven, the Son of Man. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the desert, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, so that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you. Praise be to you, Lord, Lord Jesus Christ. Mary, this is a very powerful reading. Why don't you take it apart for us? Because I really like this. This is beautiful. Well, Nicodemus had come to Jesus by night, and yesterday we had the beginning of this, mm-hmm. this section of the gospel. And um, he, he, Nicodemus is asking him, you know, are you the Messiah or not? And Jesus doesn't answer him directly. He says, you must be born again and born from above. And, that, and, and, and then Jesus goes on, and he's being, talking about being born of water and of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. So this passage, this, this whole chapter, begins by referring to baptism which is, you know, in the Easter season, there's, there's always the new catechumens that are entering into the church. It's not that you can't baptize at other times of the year, but there's a special, you know, process where people go through for the catechumen, and then at Easter time, they're baptized, and that was in the early church, too. And so, of course, we know that it wasn't just at Easter time, because the apostles went all over the world baptizing people all the time, everywhere they preached. Whenever right. people came to believe, they were baptized. Right. So, um, but baptism. And what does baptism do? One of the priests in the sermon this week, he said, do we think about what baptism does? You know, we look at a child, we bring, mostly now we have infants, we bring infants to baptism. Mm -hmm. Any person who's baptized, before you're baptized, every one of us is born with original sin. And original sin is the absence of God's life in our soul. When God created Adam and Eve, he created them in the state of grace. They had God's grace, and they had union with God through grace. And when they sinned, they lost that. And they couldn't pass on to their children anything but natural life. So we would live. God could have left us to live a natural life in this world and said, okay, you're done. You know, I gave you a chance, and I gave you all these gifts, and you threw them away. Fine, you live your natural life, and you'll die, and end of story. But God said, no, I made you for union with myself. Mm -hmm. So I am going to send a redeemer who will restore you to that union with myself. So Jesus came and he gave us the sacraments. He gives us the church and he gives us the sacraments. Mm -hmm. And the, the sacrament through which we enter the church is baptism. And in baptism, the person is regenerated. When someone, and normally a priest will baptize, But in a case of emergency, anyone can use clean water and they can baptize, saying, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And when that happens, that person is not the same anymore. They have been regenerated. They have become a new creation in Christ Jesus. They have put on Christ. So now we are a new creation in Christ, and we're supposed to live a life that shows that we are a new creation in Christ. There's a saying that goes around, um, Christians aren't different, they're just forgiven. Mm -hmm. No, actually, the truth is, Christians are different because Mm -hmm. they're forgiven. And what is the difference? 
We struggle against sin. We don't say it's okay to compromise with sin. It's okay to live a sinful life, and it's okay God understands, and he'll just, you know, make it good. No, we have to give up sin. In baptism, we renounced sin. I renounce sin and refuse to be mastered by the glamour of evil. I renounce Satan and all his pomps and works and all his empty promises. And then we profess our belief in God, the Father, the Creator, Jesus Christ, his Son, who became man, who suffered, died, was buried, rose from the dead, ascended to heaven, sits at the right hand of the Father and the Holy Spirit. Mm. And we believe in the communion of saints and the forgiveness of sins and the resurrection of the body. And so we're regenerated in Christ, Mm -hmm. in baptism. We become a new creation. And this is what Jesus is telling Nicodemus. But then he goes on. Because Nicodemus is like, well, how can I be born again? And, and, you know, it's like, okay, how can you understand? I'm just talking about simple things here, Nicodemus. How are you going to understand the things of heaven when I reveal them? And then he goes on to reveal something of heaven. What? Mm -hmm. Just as the serpent was lifted up in the desert, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Mm. Whoa, wait a minute. Just as the serpent was lifted up in the desert, what is he referring to? When we go back to Exodus, right? Yep. God took the people out of Egypt, Israel, and what was he taking them out of? Physical slavery, yes, but what was the real slavery he was trying to free them from? Hmm. Sin, Mm -hmm. idolatry. In Egypt, the Israelites had begun to worship the Egyptian gods. They'd been in Egypt for over 400 years, and they had forgotten God. Mary, let me... God was taking his... Let me just jump in for a second, because about four minutes ago, you were talking about even a layperson can baptize a baby. We're talking about original sin. Can you give us an example, like the situation we had a friend of ours who, um, you know, in the hospital and they had some issues with the baby that was not looking good. Tell us that story, because I want our listeners to understand that there are circumstances where mom or dad should baptize that baby. Right. If a baby is born and it's in distress and there's danger that a baby might die, Mm -hmm. the baby should be baptized immediately. Mm -hmm. And I mean, if there's a priest available, sure, go ahead and have the baby baptized. Right. But if not, the parents, anyone there, the nurse, you take clean water and you baptize them. You have to use the formula, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And that's a valid baptism. Now, if the baby lives, then you go ahead and go through the full ceremony because along with the, the water baptism, there are exorcisms and there are anointings with oil because we become become priests, prophets, and kings when we're baptized. And so um, there's more added to that. Right. But that's whenever there's danger of death. And I, you know, sometimes nowadays people say, oh, well, your baby's deformed and it's not going to live past birth for more than an hour or so. So let's just kill it. Yeah, right. No, no. Crazy. Let's have the baby be born in a natural course and baptize that baby. The baby's not ours anyway. That's right. The baby belongs to God. That's right. So we bring the baby into the world and baptize that baby and rejoice in that life. Thank God for the moments that we have with that child. That beautiful book, A Witness to Joy, Chiara Corbella Pacio. Oh, yeah. Tell us about that. She one. and her husband. That's a great book. Well, they lost their first two babies. Both of their first two babies. And as a matter of fact, the deformities their babies had were so severe and so extensive that they didn't have a name for them. And, and the doctors tried to pressure. This was a young Italian woman. And um, they got married in the early 
2000s. She died in 2012 or 2014. Mm -hmm. But um, so it was, this is recent history. And they had two children that were very badly deformed. And the doctor said, well, look, the babies are going to die very soon after death. I mean, why go through all that suffering? And she said, (laughs) she and her husband said, no, these aren't our babies. These are God's children. And he's asked us to have them baptized. Right. That's what we do as Christian parents is have our children baptized. They were Catholic. And so they asked their spiritual director to be present. So when he was present, he was able to not only baptize, but confirm the children, which, by the way, if you have a baby who's in danger of dying, that's right. or anyone who's in danger of dying who hasn't been confirmed, any priest can confirm that person without permission from anyone, because the church doesn't want any of her children to enter into eternity without the fullness of Christ, which we receive in confirmation. But getting back to Kiata and her husband, so when their babies were born, they had them baptized, they loved them, they held them, they sang to them, they prayed over them, and they sent them back to God. And they had so much joy. There was no guilt, there was no remorse, there was no, oh, what if I'd only been able to help my child, what if I'd only, no, everything, even though the child was very sick and the child couldn't live long in this world, the child gets to live for all eternity in heaven with God. That's right. (laughs) So we baptize babies. If there's an emergency and a baby's in danger of death, you can have them baptized. Amen. Mary, we're going to take a quick break, but I want to remind everybody, we're going to finish up with the, uh, the readings of the gospel for the daily mass, but there's a mental health conference, a live stream conference this Saturday April 25th on YouTube and our our app. We're going to be playing this from 9 a.m. to 3 o'clock with Dr. Louis Sandoval. And we're going to be talking about mental health, uh, uh, mental illness versus demonic influence. We're going to be talking about depression, anxiety, oppression, obsession. I'm going to talk in regards to bipolar disorders, uh, schizophrenia, all kinds of things that deal with mental disorder. And there's going to be a time for the Q&A, question and answer. And it's free. If you want to make a donation, you can by calling Virgin Most Powerful at 877-526-2151. We originally were going to have this at our chapel, but because of the virus, we can't do that. So we're going to do it to the whole world. So if you have friends who maybe uh, need an evaluation or even just listening to a good, sound Catholic uh, psychiatrist, I mean, you'd pay a lot of money to go see a psychiatrist, right? Well, you can come and hear him speak on these issues of mental health. And boy, do we need that with this virus right now. We know that that there's a lot of depression going on, people staying indoors, and uh, they're having issues with that. This would be a really breath of fresh air to come. I'll be there. I'll be the moderator for the whole day. And I would invite you to come to hear Dr. Louis Sandoval, M.D., uh, talk on spiritual warfare and mental illness, and how do we make the distinction between the two? And this is going to happen on Saturday, April 25th, from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. If you have the app, you just listen to it on the app. If you want to do it on the YouTube, go to your computer, type in YouTube, put down Virgin Most Powerful Radio, and then you'll be able to hear this wonderful day of con- this conference on mental health and the spiritual life of a Catholic, and how do we distinguish between the two, whether it's mental illness or demonic influence? He's working, Lewis, Dr. Louis Sandoval in the Orange Diocese with spiritual warfare with the, under the Bishop of Orange. He's well-regulated, well-informed on these topics. 
When we come back, Mary Danielle is going to share a little bit more of the Gospel of John here at the Bible with the Barbers. We're honored to have your presence with us. We hope we're helping you get closer to Jesus and his bride, the church. Hi, this is Jesse Romero from the Terry and Jesse Show, also from Jesus 911. Let's face it, we all need to use the internet, but we need screen accountability. Why? Pornography is a huge problem, especially on the internet. And every time we tap into the internet, we get bombarded with images and temptations that degrade our humanity. So we need Covenant Eyes to block these pornographic sites and advertisements from infiltrating our lives. Covenant Eyes helps us take custody of our eyes and custody of our intellect. So I recommend you go to CovenantEyes.com and type in the promo code, the NPR, to support the network. Protect yourself and your family from the eminent threats on the internet www.covenanteyes.com code VMPR live porn free thank you for listening to Virgin Most Powerful Radio thank you God bless you keep the faith Genesis 1:27 says God created man in his own image Male and female, he created them. According to Pope St. John XXIII, it is not true that some human beings are by nature superior and others inferior. All human beings are equal in their natural dignity. May God help us to look upon everyone as a person created in his image and likeness and treat everyone the same without favoritism or prejudice. Buying or selling your home or your business property? This is Terry Barber. Real Estate for Life underwrites the Terry and Jesse Show. And they can connect you to one of 900 pro-life real estate agents around the world. And when they receive their referral fee, they will give 80% of it to a pro-life organization. Wow! That's 80%. Realestateforlife.org, 877-LIFE-US1. Now, back to Bible with the Barbers. If you have a question or comment, call 888-526-2151. Here's Terry and Mary Danielle. Welcome back. We really appreciate your time with us, studying the gospel, the Bible. It's our family heirloom. Mary Danielle, we're reading from John chapter 3, verse 7 to 15, and about Nicodemus, and you were giving some insights, and we, we really went back to baptism because we, we see the connection here about being born again. So can you share right. more of that with us, please? And so and, and, uh, we are, when we are baptized, yes. we are ge- regenerated. Mm-hmm. In baptismal waters, we become a new creation in Christ, and we become actually children of God, mm-hmm. brothers and sisters of Christ, temples of the Holy Spirit, heirs to the kingdom of heaven, members of the church, and princes and princesses in the household of God. God is the king. <laughs> Jesus Christ is the king. And if he's our brother, well, then 
we become the princes and princesses in this household. Mm-hmm. And it, it points to the dignity of the human person. And again, getting back to what I said you know, earlier about that, that debate between Jerry Mattertix and that Protestant minister, the idea that God just uses people and sets them aside. No, God has given us a dignity. He made us in his own image. Right. He made us in his own image. We have a great dignity. And even as just as created human beings, even if we're not baptized, we still are made in God's image. But when we're baptized now, we share in God's own life. And this is why we want to preach the gospel to everyone and invite everyone to receive baptism so that they can share in God's own life. Because that's what God wants for all of us. He wants to share his life with us. And God sent his own son into the world that all who believe in him might not perish, but might have eternal life. And that life is a share in God's life, to live with God in heaven for all eternity. Mary, and the, at the end there, Jesus talks about being lifted up. Mm-hmm. And of course, that goes back to in the <laughs> Exodus, yeah. when the Israelites were led out of the slavery in Egypt, but slavery, most of all, their slavery to sin and idolatry. They had become idolatrous, and they were worshiping false gods. So God leads them out into the desert, in order to free them from idolatry. And then what do they do? None of us would ever do this, right? Mm -hmm. God gives us blessings, you know, things happen in our life. And they complained. We wouldn't do that, would we? Uh, How many of us are complaining about the situation right now? How many of us are complaining about everything? Right. And not necessarily, not necessarily all the time, always like, oh, yeah, I understand it's God has a good you know, reason. He'll bring a good out of it. But, 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 so, you know, Lord, you do have a purpose. You do have a plan. Help us to see that. And so the people complained about the manna and the quail that God had sent to feed them. He'd given them manna and he'd given them quail. And so he gave them bread and he gave them meat. And they started complaining. We're tired of this wretched food. Would that we could be back in Egypt by our flesh pots, which meant would that we could be back in Egypt worshiping our false gods. Mm-hmm. And um, so God sent serpents among the people, and they, were, they bit them, and they were poisonous serpents, and the people died. Mm. And the people said to Moses, pray for us. <laughs> I was like, uh, God doesn't use intercessors? The people didn't go directly to God and say, God, no, take it away. They said, Moses, Moses, you, you pray to God for us. Yeah. So Moses did. And the Lord instructed Moses, make a bronze serpent and mount it on a pole. And anyone who looks upon that serpent who's been bitten will live. Right. Well, wait a minute. The bronze serpent, the serpent was what was biting them. Sin was what was killing them. Right. And but look on it and trust in the Lord that the Lord will bring you in healing. Yeah. And so... Mary, let me interrupt you because the connection went yes. a little bad. I just want to address oh. something that maybe people are thinking right now. This gospel talks about, you know, so everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. You know, we, we as Catholics believe baptism is essential, really. Uh, it's how we get in the normal way to get to heaven. And there might be a question that comes up in someone's mind is how in the world, when we say this teaching that there's no salvation outside the Catholic Church, that how in the how do we understand that? And I know we have a teaching from the Holy Father clarifying that, but I think for a lot of people, uh, we'd probably appreciate a little explanation of how people can get to heaven, uh, put, you know, put, you know, in a sense of 
getting to heaven without baptism in the sense of physically being baptized, how God can work outside the sacrament. So can you share a little bit of what we teach about there's no salvation outside the church? Yes, and the basis of that is that there is one mediator between God and man, Mm -hmm. the God-man, Christ Jesus. Mm -hmm. So he's the only mediator, and he only set up one church. That's right. Jesus Christ only established one church, and it's a visible reality. Mm-hmm. So any grace that comes to this world yep. comes through Jesus Christ. He is the one mediator. Right. And he established his church as the vehicle of dispensing his grace in this world. Mm-hmm. And he does that primarily through the seven sacraments, Amen. the liturgical life of the church. And so anyone... Who does not? Who through no fault of their own, the church teaches. That's right. That's the key, isn't it? Doesn't enter into the Catholic Church. You know, they 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 are striving to follow God. They're praying every day. They're striving to do His will. But no one preaches the full gospel to them, and they never know that right. the Catholic Church is the one true church established by Jesus Christ. Yep. It, through no fault, if it's through no fault. Yep, no fault of their own. They receive graces. Yep, you're right. They'll receive graces, but those graces that they receive are coming through the church. Yep. They're coming through Jesus Christ and his church. So they won't be saved other than through the mediation of Jesus Christ and his church. Right. But that doesn't mean that—and and what the church called it, and St. Thomas Aquinas referred to a baptism of desire right. and baptism of blood. Yep, why don't and you explain those have, two? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, baptism of desire is those who have expressly— mm-hmm. Um, they've given a, an explicit expression that they would desire to receive baptism. Can we give, okay, an, exa- instance, can, can, can we give an example? We do have Somebody, an example. Yeah. In the early church, right. there was an old man in the catechumenate. That's right. That's right. He had not yet been baptized. <laughs> yes, you're right. And he, he, he died yes. before he was baptized, and his bishop was very upset, so he wrote to the bishop of Rome. Mm-hmm. And he asked the Bishop of Rome, well, what about the old man? What about his salvation? He didn't get to be baptized. Mm-hmm. And the, the Bishop of Rome wrote back to him and said, be assured of the old man's salvation. Yep. Because the old man had expressed his desire for baptism, you know, and so God granted him that grace, even though he wasn't able to receive that sacrament before he died. It wasn't through any fault of his own that he died before he was baptized. Mm-hmm. Baptism of blood would be those, and there's the 40 martyrs of Sebast. There were 40 martyrs. They were, they were Roman soldiers, and they had once saved a Roman legion right. from destruction because of their valor. But it was found out that they were Christian, mm-hmm. so they were going to be killed if they didn't renounce their faith. And they didn't renounce their faith, so they were beaten and um, stripped of their clothing. And this was in the winter in Turkey. They were put on the middle of a frozen lake. Oh, no. And they were going to freeze to death during mm-hmm. the night. So they were praying, and they prayed to God that to honor his 40 days of fasting in the wilderness, their number would be complete in the morning, that all of, there would be 40 still there. Mm-hmm. And during the night, the soldiers in the meantime kept a pot, pots of you know, water hot on the flame to, 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 and tried to entice them to say, oh, you know, just, just renounce your faith and come and take a warm bath and, and everything will be fine. And, you know, you'll be back in the Romans, you know, with all your honors with, you know, in the Roman armies and whatever. And 
finally, one of them did capitulate. One of them just couldn't take anymore. He was thinking more of himself, unfortunately, and, and he capitulated, and he ran to the shore. And, of course, as soon as he'd been freezing, mm-hmm. he'd been out, he, as soon as he got in the water, he died. It killed oh. him. Oh, yeah. The shock was too much for his body. Sure. But in the morning, in the morning as the dawn begins to break, the angels came and began to minister to the 39 who were on the lake. Hmm. Can you picture One that? of the soldiers wow. witnessing this, yes. one of the soldiers, the Roman who hadn't been baptized, one of the pagan Roman soldiers who witnessed this, tore off his clothing and declared himself a Christian and ran out on the lake to join the 39. Isn't that awesome? Well, the 39 all died in the morning. That one was still, he was still a healthy, you know, he hadn't been yeah. beaten up yet. So he was beaten up plenty, but there was nobody there to baptize him. But he gave his life in witness to Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And he was, he is a saint. He's one of the 40 martyrs. The, the church acknowledges mm-hmm. there were 40 martyrs of Sebastian. Right. This soldier also declaring his faith in the midst, of, and he knew what was going to happen. He would die. He would, they would be beaten to death. Yep. And tortured to death because he didn't freeze to death. Right. It's great. Story. So, you know, that we, we have examples in the history of the early church. Yes. Of both baptism of desire and baptism of blood. Yes. Beautiful stories to inspire you. You see what I'm saying, folks, about inspiration? We want to give you these saint stories from the fathers of the church, from lives of the saints. Why? Because they help us today, right? God has put you on planet Earth. Not 500 years ago, a thousand years ago, right now to do a specific job, which is to get your, you and your wife and family to heaven. And how do we do it? We have to stay focused. We have to stay focused on the word of God. We have to stay focused on what the church's teachings on family life and be really what we call a high information Catholic. And how do you do that? Well, Virgin Most Powerful. We've got some new programs coming up. One show that's going to start on the 15th of May is going to be on Divine Mercy. Father Chris Alar from the Marian Helpers, along with Father Don Calloway, Father Mike Gately, all these great Marian priests are going to be coming on and helping us understand Divine Mercy. Why? Because it's all about salvation. That's one new show. we got another show coming up with Jesse Romero and Father Ripperger on Spiritual Warfare. That's going to be starting in May. And you know what? We're going to have the, on the network, the only show that Father Ripperger is going to be on twice a month is with Virgin Most Powerful. So this is what you're supporting when you give us your monthly donations at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. And if you'd like to be a monthly donor, it's simple. You can go right on the website. It's secure, virginmostpowerfulradio.org, or call us at 877-526-215. When we come back, our last segment, yes, more of God's Word and more stories about how people who have and heroic and virtue in following the call of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That's what it's all about. We'll be back with more on the Bible with the Barber. In Luke 7, Jesus said, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven her, because she has been shown great love. According to St. John of the Cross, 
Christians should always remember that the value of their good works is not based on number and excellence. Their value is based on the love for God that prompts them to do the works. May we always be motivated by true love for God and not worry so much about what we do, but why we do it. How does the baby eat? Can the baby hear me? How did the baby get in there? Wow, a pregnancy can sure generate a lot of questions. But what's important is that a baby is a baby, inside and out of the womb. Not just after birth, but nine months before, at conception. That's right, every baby is a miracle. Hello, my name is Marianne Kloharski. I'm the director of Pro-Life Across America. If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of alternatives or assistance or would like to support the work of Pro-Life Across America, please visit our website at prolifeacrossamerica.org or better yet, simply dial pound 250 on your cell phone and say the keyword pro-life. Pro-Life Across America is non-political and totally educational. A baby's heart is beating 18 days from conception. Pro-Life Across America Buying or selling your home or your business property? This is Terry Barber. Real Estate for Life underwrites The Terry and Jesse Show. And they can connect you to one of 900 pro-life real estate agents around the world. And when they receive their referral fee, they will give 80% of it to a pro-life organization. Wow! That's 80%! Realestateforlife.org, 877-LIFE-US1. Now, back to Bible with the Barbers. If you have a question or comment, call 888-526-2151. Here's Terry and Mary Danielle. Thank you very much. And I want to just say thank you for joining us. I'm laughing because this Gospel of John about Nicodemus has brought us through a show on baptism and stories from the fathers of the church, from the saints, about baptism. And one thing that we wanted to make clear about baptism of desire, baptism of blood, and I think Mary was just going into blood and what it's that all about, and how someone outside the visible church can still get to heaven through no fault of their own. Mary, could you continue on that uh, theme? And so we, we talked about the, the 40 martyrs of Sabbath, yes. and that there were 40 men who were right. bl- Roman yep. soldiers. That's right. And and one, but one of them capitulated, and he gave up his faith. He renounced his faith, right? Um, because he was just thinking about how much he was suffering from the torments, and right. he ended up giving up his faith. But they had prayed that their number of forty would be complete. Mm-hmm. And so, in the morning, as the angels came to administer, um, minister to the um, to the forty to the thirty nine dying martyrs who were yeah. there on the. Yes, Mary, we lost you just for a second. And the 39 martyrs that died, this man didn't die. His, his, oh, go ahead. You're back on. Go ahead, Mary. He, yeah, he, he, tore, he took his clothes off and declared himself a Christian and joined the 39 on the lake. Powerful story. Now, when the, the church declares that all 40 were martyrs, this man didn't have anyone to baptize him. The other men were dying. Right. And so he received the grace 
of baptism awesome. through his desire to serve Christ, just yeah. like Dismas did on the cross. That's right. Through his confession, he confessed his sins, he confessed his faith in Jesus Christ, and he received the grace of baptism. Yes. And so, yeah, God can work outside the sacramental system. And this is the teaching of, of St. Thomas Aquinas. Yep. If we are not putting obstacles, it's like right now, I'm not choosing to deliberately not go to Mass every day. Priests are celebrating Mass, but we're forbidden to go. Right. So we can unite ourselves to the Masses that are being offered. We can send our angels That's right. to assist at the Masses being offered. And we can ask Jesus to receive him spiritually in Holy Communion. And St. Thomas Aquinas taught that to receive a spiritual communion, you receive the graces of actual sacramental communion. So it's not a little thing. It's, you know, God can work outside the sacramental system. Normally he works within the sacraments, but don't limit God in what he can do. Don't limit God in his mercy and in his justice. Mm. And it's, you know, Jesus told St. Faustina, and I think other saints too, that it is lack of trust more than sin that keeps people from being saints. Mary, you got me excited. Father Michael Gately, you and I watched a uh, Easter or Divine Mercy video from the Marian Helpers, and that was one of the keys to trust in God. And you know, that I would ask people to go to the Marian Helpers website and uh, watch that Father Michael Gately presentation. It's maybe 20 minutes long. But you mentioned acts of spiritual communion, and I want to pray this prayer because it's on our website, everyone. You can just download it, print it. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Spirit. Isn't that a powerful prayer, Mary? Especially in these times that, that we're is, in right now? It is a powerful prayer. And that's, you know, it gets to the root of what it, what our religion is about. Yeah. You know, our faith, and yes, it's important to have information. It's important to have knowledge of the doctrines. Yeah. Yes, the doctrines are because they're revealed by God. It's mm-hmm. important to know them. But our faith is about a relationship with someone who loves us. God who loves us, God who is not a solitude unto himself, but a trinity of persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, who love us with an intense love, so much so that, you know, Jesus Christ died for us, and he remains with us in the Eucharist. Mm -hmm. And so we want to encourage everyone to pray, pray intensely, pray as if your life depended on it, because it does. Yes. Our eternal life depends on it. Prayer is supposed to be a conversation with someone who loves us. That's what the saints tell us. Yeah. You don't have to have formulas to pray. You talk to God from your heart like he was your friend. Amen. He's your father. He's your brother. He is your friend. He's also our God. He's always God, and he will always remain God. But nonetheless, his love for us is so intense that he desires us to trust him with an unbounded trust. St. Therese of Lisieux once said, once wrote, even if I had commit every mortal sin in the world, I would simply throw myself into the arms of Jesus and ask for his mercy. Mm, beautiful. Do we trust him? Do we trust him? And, and you know, the, the enemy tries to use our weakness 
you know, oh, you don't really, I mean, so for some of us, it's simple things like, well, you don't really love God. Look at you. Every time you get a chance to eat a, a hot fudge sundae, you eat two or three of them, you know, <laughs> where's your love, you know, yeah, or it. you can't give up, you can't give up smoking because you don't really love God or you can't, no, you know, God leaves us with our weaknesses because if, if we were able to overcome everything, by the way, we would be so proud God couldn't do anything with us right. and he can't do anything with the proud. Right. So Jesus draws us to himself and he draws us to himself on the cross. He is on the cross, and he really suffered, and he really redeemed the meaning of human suffering, mm-hmm. so that all of our suffering has meaning. And through baptism, we share in the life of God. He lives in us. And through the sacraments, every sacrament that we receive worthily, we receive an increase of his life in our soul. Mm-hmm. That life grows. So we are striving to live in union with God and to live a love relationship so we pray the Lord to help us. It's not something, we're not going to make ourselves saints. We're not going to make ourselves holy. This is God's work, and he does it. Yes, through the sacraments. So avail yourself of the sacraments. But when they're not available, trust in his mercy and goodness that he will give you the graces you need to do his will today, to live in union with him today. Wow, that's powerful. And I just want to encourage people in our catechism of the of the catechism of the Catholic Church, the the sacraments, there's a whole section on them. And I'll just give you the par- section 2 of the catechism, the seven sacraments of the church. I would encourage you at this time when everybody's at home, when we have time to read our Bible, but I'd also um, when you have your Bible, I would encourage you to have your your catechism alongside of it because the Catechism will give you all these answers like what is the sacrament called? What is baptism? Is the economy of salvation? How is this sacrament of baptism celebrated? This is all good information. And the catechism quotes the Bible. It quotes the fathers of the church. And I just want to encourage you to take that section two of the catechism uh, because it is so important. It's called part two, the celebration of the Christian mystery. And by using the catechism and the Bible, you'll have a really good grasp of all the seven sacraments. And as a matter of fact, that catechism, if it hasn't been open for a while, this is a great time to have it with your Bible and the catechism and get your love and knowledge more for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Mary Danielle, you've got about four minutes left. Are there any action items our listeners should be doing for next week? <laughs> Put you on the spot. <laughs> Well, you know, there are absolutely, and, and one of them, you know, going back to the beginning of the show, where sure. we talked about Bishop David O'Connell yes. bringing Jesus out yes. to the hills of San Jose Hills of Covina here and, mm-hmm. and blessing us. People, send your angel to adore Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament. Mm. Don't forget that he's there. Even if you can drive by a local church and sit outside That's right. and acknowledge, Jesus, you're there. I can't get in. The doors are locked. Mm-hmm. But I can come close to you. And if you can't leave your home because you have responsibilities at home, mm-hmm. that's fine. Take care of the responsibilities at home. But while you're doing that, stop. Stop and pray. Take yeah. time to pray and talk to Jesus. Talk to him about how much you miss going to Mass. Someone recently said to me, you know, this is such so strange. This is the first Easter of my life that I ever remember not being able to go to Mass. Yeah, really. Me too. <laughs> and so talk to Jesus about your desire to be with him, to be close to him. And yes, make spiritual communions, not just once a day, many times a day. St. Maximin Colby made a spiritual communion every 15 minutes, mm-hmm. you know continually pray and ask and, and ask the Lord, not just to re, to free us from the pandemic of the COVID-19, 
but from the pandemic of sin. We live in a world that acts like God doesn't exist. Let's stop acting like God doesn't exist. Let's turn our lives to God and beg the Lord to come back into our life and be the center of our life. Heart of Jesus, King and center of all hearts, mm. rule thou supreme in our home and in every home. Thine we are, O Lord, thine we will be. Wow, Mary, I got so excited. I thought about the effects of living in the presence of God. Uh, in, in, there's f- four, five things that I could say. Preserves us from sin. It increases our faith. It strengthens our hope. It perfects our love. And it brings us closer to our guardian angel. Mary Danielle, St. Alphonsus Liguria, doctor of the church, tells us, there's no more efficacious means of subduing the passions of resisting temptations and consequently avoiding sin than by re- the remembrance of the presence of God. Why do I say that? Because, Mary, that's what you're saying right now, is that we need to live with God at each moment of our day by calling down on spiritual communions, by calling on our guardian angels for help. This is something that we, what what St. Teresa of Avila said about holy habits, if you practice them for like six months, she said, they will become perpetual habits in your life. And I think that's what we are trying to convey to you with the Bible with the barbers, reading that Bible, reading your catechism, praying, asking the intercession of the saints, the angels, to live a holy life. You've got the final word, Mary. Go ahead. Well, just in regards to the love and living in the presence of God, Mm -hmm. think about how you fall in love with somebody. You think about them. You talk to them. You spend time with them. People, how can we fall in love with God if we don't think about him, talk to him, spend time with him? And he will talk to us, too, when we read the scriptures and the writings of the saints. Amen. There's a reading. And Mary, you mentioned usually that husbands and wives, if they don't spend time with each other, how do they stay in love? They don't. And that's the same thing. Yeah. Same thing. We have to renew that love. That's why we renew our marriage vows on a regular basis. That's why we spend time together. So spend time with our Lord so that you will grow in love. Yes. And Mary, I I didn't do it the show before about the five stones of David regarding, but it applies to the Bible with the barbers. Get your rosary out. Pray it daily. Read your Bible. Study your catechism. Get the confession when you can or make these examinations of conscience and try to get a perfect contrition uh, going. And also, I want to add, make little sacrifices during the week. I hear our grandson. Can you hear him, little little Bo? God bless him. You're listening to the Bible with the Barbers. It's a family show, so we let the youngest member of our family on the Bible with the Barbers. Every Tuesday, we'd like to ask you to join us. Like us on Facebook or on YouTube. Tell your friends to join us next week with the Bible with the Barbers. May God really richly bless you. Mary, what state should we be living in? The state of Christ. Hey, she's got it. She listens to the Terry and Jesse show on Virgin Most Powerful <laughs> Radio. May God richly bless you, and we'll see you again next week with the Bible with the Barbers. We have so much fun sharing the good news of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. God love you. St. Faustina's Prayer for Priests. Oh, my Jesus, I beg thee on behalf of the whole church, granted love and the light of thy spirit, and give power to the words of priests, so that hardened hearts might be brought to repentance and return to thee, O Lord. Lord, give us holy priests. Thou thyself maintain them in holiness. O divine and great high priest, 
May the power of thy mercy accompany them everywhere and protect them from the devil's traps and snares, which are continually being set for the souls of priests. May the power of thy mercy, O Lord, shatter and bring to naught all that might tarnish the sanctity of priests. For thou canst do all things. Amen. Virgin Most Powerful, pray for us. Virgin Most Powerful Radio, sharing the gospel with clarity and charity.